2: How many Father's Days are left? I eh, hope you had a nice Father's Day. Uh, the question is, how many more will there be? Did you know that there was a Father's Day resistance movement? Uh, you might have, I'm sure that would have bothered you yesterday while you were enjoying Father's Day, if you would have known that. And maybe you already didn't know it. But anyway, it's uh, it obviously hasn't worked yet since there was a Father's Day yesterday. Mary Schmish, uh, wrote a column for the Chicago Tribune yesterday. I think it was yesterday it was over the weekend sometime here's what the headline was is Father's Day outdated now she wrote that in the past few days this is a quote from the column some men have noted that our yearly Father's Fest serves only to remind them that they have no children others, male and female have remarked that the hoopla serves only to trigger I love that word only to trigger memories of father's they never knew who abused or abandoned them, or who have died. You know what? Too bad. Lots of people have had bad memories—bad memories about Christmas. Um, you know, didn't get the toy you wanted, uh, other things. Lots of people who don't have kids might feel you know left out at Christmas time. Everybody's having fun with Santa Claus and having the little kitties there and opening the presents under the tree. and You don't have any kids, so should we cancel Christmas? One of uh, Mary's Facebook friends, apparently, named Steve, uh, he said that he wished there was a Parents' Day instead of days for mothers and fathers. He says the division reinforces, are you ready, stereotypes of men and women and their parental rules. You know, like the man is the father and the woman is the mother. You know, we keep. it's just unfair to keep reinforcing that. But that's what's happening out there. How many people out there think like this? You know, it's Father's Day. It's been going on for a long time. How about not overthinking it? Just Father's Day. And, you know, if you have bad memories about your father, or if your father's uh, no longer on the planet, if he ran away, if he wasn't nice to you, we're sorry. But we're celebrating good fathers, and, you know, that's kind of the way it is. Uh, Mary says social media... Can exacerbate the problem. Uh, social media exacerbates a lot of problems, she says, because it feels like a contest. You know, best dad ever. I saw a lot of tweets from people like that, tweeting pictures of their dad and saying, "This is my—he's the best dad ever, the best man on the planet, my father, the hero." And she says, all those handsome, heroic dads parading through the ether can disturb people whose fathers fell far short. Of the idea uh, of the ideal or whose fathers are gone again tough of course this is all about being inclusive which is a nice concept um, and, and it always will be a nice concept and always was a nice concept but it's been distorted into believing that what qualifies as in isn't in, as inclusive is when any activity or institution that might not only include 100% of the world's population, if it doesn't do that, it's not inclusive. 100%. Every single person on the planet, whatever color your skin, your sexual preference, your gender, your sex, your height, your weight, uh, you have to. everybody's got to be included in everything. Nothing can <laughs> exclude anybody. That's the way it's got to be. Um, so... It might not make 100% of the people on the planet happy. If it doesn't do that, it's a bad idea. 100, Everybody, 100% of the people, any idea that you come up with, if if, uh, if you're looking around on this idea that you came up with and there are people laughing and having a good time, you should look at them and then feel guilty because somewhere there's somebody who's not as happy as the people that you just made happy. Just keep that in mind. It's a bad idea. Oh, boy. When we come back after the break, um, we're going to talk to a woman who wrote a piece that says the future of men and marriage is bleak. Meanwhile, a belated Happy Father's Day, and may there be many more. I think I'll color this man father.
3: Color him father. I think I'll color him love. Color him love. Said I'm going to color him father. Color him father. I'll call the man love,
4: yes I will. Good good good. Good. We've been
2: telling you about something called Miracles and Moon for a few weeks here, and uh, the president and CEO, Mike Magolik joins
1: us. Thanks for having us, John. We appreciate all the support.
2: Mike, your son has a genetic disorder that makes him someone who will appreciate this field, right? Yeah, that's
1: correct. Our youngest son, Luke, has a rare genetic disease called 5P-. minus. About 30 to 35 kids a year in the U.S. are born with wow, it. Oh, that's all. Um, yeah, so the main reason that we're building this field with the help of the community is that we want everyone to have a team everyone to use a restroom with the dignity that they deserve, mm-hmm. and have families to have a safe place to play.
2: You're not getting any federal taxpayer money here, right? So this is all donations that's going to get this thing done? Yeah,
1: that's correct. Everyone talks about how great Pittsburgh is, and our board can definitely feel that because the money that we've raised, close to $2 million, have been from individuals, companies, and foundations.
2: And if you'd like to see how you can help, please go to the website. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org.
3: You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you.
4: The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Traczynski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
1: It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining The Answers, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City jerusalem float in the dead sea and take a boat out onto the water of the sea of galilee have you ever wanted to walk inside the garden tomb register today for the stand with israel tour this december 2nd through 11th just go to our website for more details and registration information at the answer israel that's the com slash Israel.
3: Healthy pets, healthy people focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host, Dr. Edmund Sorkowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM. The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a
5: happy pet and being healthy makes people happy tune in listen learn be well kevin
1: stevens it two-time penguin stanley cup champion kevin stevens was on top of the world the then one decision would change his life forever what should have been a hall of fame career became a losing battle with addiction it was time to fight back Join Kevin Stevens and his team for Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio for hard-hitting discussion, inspirational stories, and cutting-edge resources to power forward in the fight against addiction. Saturday mornings at 10 on AM 1250,
0: The Answer. This is the John Stikerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer.
2: Well, before the break, we made fun of a column in the Chicago Tribune that asked if Father's Day is outdated, uh, but the column may be on to something, uh, actually. Uh, Suzanne Venker of the Washington Examiner makes a case for what she sees as a bad future for men and marriage. Suzanne joins us now. Suzanne, thanks for being here. Sure.
5: Thanks for having me.
2: So the headline says, the future of men and marriage is bleak. How bleak?
5: Well, it's bleak. I mean, it's not good news, and it's, you know, it doesn't give me any joy to, you know, write about that on Father's Day, but but the reality is that we have a major problem with the decline of marriage and relationship building and the ensuing almost always fatherlessness or father absence that results from that situation. And so the time is, is now that we need to face it, and um, that's really what I wanted to address in that, in that article.
2: Yeah, and you differentiate between fatherlessness and father absence. What's the difference?
5: Yeah, so I feel like fatherlessness suggests the notion of a deadbeat dad, and that's often what we hear about in the media, you know, that this idea that um, even President Obama said, referenced that several years ago when he talked about fatherlessness, the assumption being that men are bowing out on their responsibilities to be family men. And there is, while that faction certainly exists, um, that is not the number one reason why um, fathers aren't in the home. The main reason is the breakdown of marriage or never formed families to begin with, which is still the same thing as the breakdown of marriage. So whether it's divorced or never formed families, it's that breakdown that causes um, the ultimate problem of a father not being in the home, because more often than not, of course, mothers are the ones who get custody of the kids.
2: Right, and and it's it's a devaluing, you say, of uh, not only men but marriage. I guess I should put that in uh, the opposite: marriage and men.
5: Yeah, I think it's really those two together that is so significant in terms of what we're what we're experiencing now in America. We, I certainly don't need to make the case that we um, are hearing about toxic masculinity left and right. right. So there's there's that there's that problem, um, and then originally before now. It was a, um, defining marriage as you know something that is optional or something that um, is holding women in particular back, rather than it being something that is something that we look forward to, which it certainly used to be. Um, and so that devaluation of marriage as a goal or as a value was was the start, and then over the years it that devolved into this war on men and masculinity so that's why I lumped them together
2: yeah my uh I'm a baby boomer, so i I grew up with um, uh, lots of kids in my neighborhood went to school with in crowded classrooms most of my almost all of my friends had at least Two siblings, usually more than that, three or four. There, you know, kids I knew came from families of three, four, and five. Some kids up to ten and twelve kids in the family, and that has changed. But one of the things that that I've noticed uh, from from uh, the difference in my generation a million years ago is that not, you you say that marriage is being has been devalued. Um, is the fact that people wait so long to get married now an indication of that? Because uh, I to all of my friends were married in their 20s and yes, that just doesn't right. happen anymore
5: correct and so you have to go back to really how that change began you know how it began where where the core of that is and that's what i talk about in that article is that you know you, you and you remember this um mantra a woman needs a f- or fish needs – yeah. what's, what's the mantra i use uh, for uh, uh, the, so a, a woman, woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, yeah, right? And I was yeah. quoting Dennis Prager, who had yeah. a great video recently on that issue, and he's, I guess, in your same generation. And he was saying that was really, and I completely agree with him, the beginning of the end, as far as that goes, because that became inculcated into the generation, and then people started to look at marriage in a way that was more of a trap rather than something that's you know liberating for people in terms of being able to go out on their own, leave their families of origin, and create families of their own.
2: Yeah, and also became um, very much accepted to be married uh, have kids without being married uh, oh, and so that absolutely. was just a, it was not, it wasn't really needed it's just a piece of paper you know what what's... I mean it
5: was really a slippery slope the whole the whole the initial the initial message was women don't need men I mean that's just what it was it's, mm-hmm. you don't need a man I mean that everyone knows that phrase very well and that took hold and from there it ballooned into this uh, you know once you once you remove that um it's, it's a fact. It's not a concept. Women do need men. But right. certainly, if, 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 even if you wanted to argue that women don't, children do. So families are still necessary, and marriages are still necessary. And people know that. That's why, even though when they postpone marriage, they ultimately marry. I mean, let's face it. They get married when they're ready to have kids. You know, right. it's always right. about that. So there's no delinking those two. Yeah,
2: and um, yeah. and the, th- the thing is that, that when I was a kid, uh, again, I'm a baby boomer, so I go back a long way. But um, there are a lot of people that were in my generation. Uh, there were lots of us because that's, that's why they're called baby yeah. boomers. It was a boom of right. kids being born. Um, I didn't uh, – and I'm telling you, Suzanne, I'm not exaggerating. I went to Catholic schools with 50 kids in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I guess I told you, I, all of my friends had multiple siblings. I did not – I was thinking about this weekend when I saw your piece – and I was reading some other stuff about Father's Day, I did not know one kid who um, had no father and living at home. Not one. Never, never, no, can, could not name one if you asked me to now. If you hypnotized yes. me and sent me back, I wouldn't be able to recall one because there wasn't one. Don't remember one.
5: Right, and it's, it's a completely changed today. So that just shows you what period of time we're talking about as far as this father in the home, to father outside i mean father yeah. not in the home yeah, yeah it, it, it took a long time for it to really do its do its damage because it was really a um, slippery slope mm-hmm. you know the minute you start to make that marriage optional and as soon as you devalue it there more is going to come from that you know
2: yeah and it's, it's the beginning. Uh, and and again the um, it's it's become okay now to not have a father in the home and i i didn't know anybody i knew I knew two kids whose mothers worked, and one of them was the school crossing guard at the grade school I went to. That's (laughs) it. That's the only—I mean, out of all the kids I knew growing up from—
5: And what what didn't exist in your day was the incredible fallout of absentee parenting or a father-absent that we have today. And the social ills that you can point—all the social ills that you can point to today in America, whether it's violence, crime— drug addiction, um, unemployment, all of it can be traced to father absent homes, and boys in particular not having what they need to grow up to be strong and competent men.
2: Yeah, and uh, there doesn't seem to be... uh, I don't think everybody is is willing to accept what you just said, even though the statistics are there. No. Uh, People just, uh, for some reason, you can beat them over the head with the facts and show them the Mm -hmm. statistics. And they don't do this they just don't want to accept it.
5: They don't want to accept it especially if it's if it's if it rings true to their lives. You know, right. if there's if there's you know, they don't you know, it's very difficult for people to look in the mirror and say, Wait, maybe I didn't do this right or maybe maybe this is problematic and I need to rethink this. But the reality is we can't just avoid talking about it just because it hurts people's feelings. It's it's a major, major problem. We're talk- and if we don't solve it, we're I mean we, we are in trouble. And oh. So it's it's kind of a negative message and I you know, I don't enjoy that, but I don't know what else to say.
2: Yeah, uh, we're talking to Suzanne Venker. She's uh, a contributor to the Washington Examiner Beltway Confidential Blog. She's also an author, a columnist, and relationship coach. You're known as the feminist fixer, it says here. <laughs> what the hell does that mean?
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you're saying that because I, I'm about to have a new uh, new radio show on this um, uh Network by the way, or not network, Salem. Not sure with the, or yeah. the, Salem, there you go. Here in St. Louis. And um that's been in question as to whether or not to use that because it it is kind of a what does that mean?
2: Yeah. Um, I like not, it. Whatever not, it is. I don't know what it means, yeah. but I like it.
5: <laughs> it's not fixing feminism, it's fixing what right. I argue feminism has broken, which is relationships and marriages and um the whole, you know, the whole nine yards as far as home goes. Yeah. Life on the home
2: front. I I should mention the name of your book, which is Women Who Win at Love, How to Build a Relationship That Lasts. How did you get interested enough in this to, well, first of all, write a book about it and also write this column? And you obviously have been paying attention to this for a while.
5: I have, and I I got into it when I well, I had written several books before this article in 2012 went viral, which was called The War on Men. And I had written this article right before my third book was going to be released. And it just hit a nerve and went crazy. It's still one of Fox News' most read op eds in history. It's called The War on Men. And from there, that kind of got me into the whole gender. I, I was talking pretty much about parenting before that, but that really moved me into the whole, um, gender relations and the gender war really that's going on between men and women today. And, and, and I got more focused on that since, since then. And, um, that's when I got into men's issues and, Um, marriage more seriously.
2: Well, when did the war on men start, and who started it?
5: Well, the answer to every time when you say who started it is going to be feminist. Uh (laughs) That's why I'm a feminist fixer. But yeah, it started, again, with that devaluing of marriage a long time ago, and then over time, that morphed into attacking, really saying that men are unnecessary altogether, Right. And then from there, now we're attacking their very nature by saying masculinity is bad rather than recognizing that people are bad. People do bad things, men and women, but their inherent nature, their masculinity and their femininity, there's nothing evil or toxic about those things on them, on, on, on their own. Mm-hmm. It's the people behind them. So that basically the, the culture and the way it's um, evolved with, with this issue has really just continued to put more material in my lap, which is how I just got deeper and deeper into it.
2: And, and you say that uh, the war on men has caused men and boys to stop trying. What do you mean by that?
5: Yeah, because, look, I mean, you know, what, what is it that men bring to the table and have historically always brought to the table? What's the number one thing that they, you know, that, that feeds them in terms of purpose? It's providing and protecting, mm-hmm, right? right. There, is there. That's what they bring to the table. It's, it's in their DNA. And when they were told that that's no longer needed, we don't need your protection, we don't need your money, where do they go? Where, where, where is their purpose, right? Because women automatically have purpose without even earning a dime. They do the most miraculous thing in the world without even lifting a finger. It's just, well, they have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> but, I <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> but, but I mean, um, they don't have to earn an income per se to feel purposeful in the same way that a man does. And so once we broke down those roles and made it so that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with flexibility and overlap. Don't get me wrong. But when we basically said the male role can be supplanted um, by the government, number one, because you can have ballooning, ballooning, government, if you get rid of husbands and, and they're, um, you know, providing for the family. And then the, the fact that they're not even needed to, to be dads. Well then what's left for them? You know, what's the point?
2: Yeah, and, and
5: that gets into you know. There's a bigger issue there because there's what's going on in schools. Of course, is really hurting boys, um, yeah. who are really falling behind in schools. And as you know, they not they're not the majority on college campuses anymore. So they're getting this message loud and clear that that they're not needed. And so I don't know where would you go if you were told you're not needed.
2: Yeah, and the thing, and also um, the thing is that they the the, um, the school the schools. Well, I think added to this is that. Um, It doesn't matter which bathroom you use because everybody's the same. I mean, that seems maybe seems ridiculous, but what you're talking about existed already, and we've added to that very recently. This whole gender stuff is is very new, uh, relatively anyway, and that's been added to it. So, I mean, it makes it worse because men and women are exactly the same. There's no difference. And and that that
5: goes back to why you asked about the feminist picture or why I focus on feminism because that's... That's those are that's the movement that's leading this charge. Men can that, have babies now.
2: Do you know I don't know if they
5: want. In, yeah. Yeah, well they can't. But well, not yeah. Don't
2: tell them that. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, the ultimate goal is is for men and women to be interchangeable. That's what they want. So that men can do what women can do, women can do what men can do, and basically you're interdependent um you know, and independent, but you're definitely not dependent. I mean, dependency on, on anybody is considered, you know, horrific.
2: Yeah. In my first segment, I I quoted from a column written, written by a woman at the uh, Chicago Tribune, and, and she was quote she was saying her the, the headline was uh, is Father's Day outdated, and she uh. says that there's a resistance movement out there for Father's Day, and she's kind of a, well likes it. She likes she's joined it. Uh, she would rather see it be called Parents. Parenting day or something like that because you don't want to have make you know hurt anybody's feelings. I don't know, but that's that's where right. we are. That's where we are. Yeah, and um, so you are a relationship coach. Um,
5: yeah. So yeah. So my last book uh, was called "The Alpha Females Guide to Men and Marriage," and that was sort of part memoir. Um, and it, it 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 that's what led into the, the relationship coaching because I <laughs> well, it's a little personal. And um, basically, I made my marriage better by looking in the mirror, and I'm encouraging other women to do the same, and I think it has a lot to do with the stuff that we're talking about. So that's sort of a side, a little different from the other books I've written, but that's what led me into the coaching era, arena, so.
2: Suzanne, I'm, I'm up against a hard break. You're going to learn about that in radio, if you don't know already. I got 10 yeah. seconds <laughs> to tell you thank you and goodbye. Thanks very much. Great peace.
5: <laughs> thank you. All okay, right. We'll be,
2: we'll be right back.
1: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. This just in, two people have been shot and wounded at a rally for the NBA champion Toronto Raptors and two people have been arrested. The Supreme Court has thrown out an Oregon ruling against bakers who refused to make a wedding cake for a lesbian couple.
4: The Oregon court had ruled against the bakers before the Supreme Court ruled during its last term in favor of a Colorado baker in a similar case. The high court's now telling Oregon judges to take another look. That keeps the high-profile case off the justice's election year calendar. But the bigger issue of balancing the rights of LGBT people and religious objections from merchants remains unresolved. Another case involved. Involving a florist who would not handle arrangements for a same-sex wedding is heading to the supreme court sagar Magani, washington on wall street the Dow by 23 points the nasdaq rose 48 this
1: is srn news when it comes to your pain many of you might be skeptical
6: like i was about ordering relief factor pat boone again for this wonderful hundred percent drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains Due to aging, exercise, everyday living, I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com.
0: Jay Sekulow has a big job representing the president. This investigation has presidential authority granted to it to go to every U.S. intelligence agency and, and get their cooperation. This was Crossfire Hurricane. This is the origins of the of the counterintelligence investigation in Jordan. It's going to be uncovered. The light is going to be shown on this. Jay Sekulow live weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250, The Answer. Community Bank, City
1: Mission, Number 1 Cochrane Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at
6: NelloConstruction.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for
1: yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844 4868
0: Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spirate, 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at dennisspira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
3: We're looking really stacked up on the Parkway East outbound now as you make your way between Boulevard of the Allies and Edgewood-Swissvale. Very busy there. Parkway West, a little bit sluggish on the inbound side. Greetree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And we've got a couple of accidents to watch out for also, including one in Hayes-Mifflin Road at Lebanon Road and disabled vehicle in Baldwin. Streets Run Road between Prospect Road and Delaware Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
4: AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. A flash flood watch remains in effect through tomorrow night. Tonight through tomorrow, we'll see rain at times, with some embedded heavy thunderstorms. This can result in flooding in some areas. Tonight's low will be 65. Tomorrow's high will be up steamy 74. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with another shower thunderstorm, which can again be heavy, low 65. Mostly cloudy with a shower and thunderstorm around Wednesday, a little warmer with a high of 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strite.
0: Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The
2: Answer. Well, where were you 25 years ago today at almost, I think, this exact moment? Um, This is the 25th anniversary of the Bronco uh, Chase, the O.J. Simpson Bronco Chase, um, 1994, What's the date today? June 17th, uh, 1994. And I remember where I was because I was covering the U.S. Open at Oakmont uh, for KDKA-TV. And lots of us in the media were standing, instead of watching and doing whatever we were supposed to be doing with the golf tournament, uh, interviewing players or hanging out in the press tent, which is what you do at a golf tournament, mostly. Nobody goes on the golf course. But... um, uh, and I believe that was Arnold Palmer's last I think it was Arnold Palmer's last um, US open and he got the big ovation coming up I could be wrong about that it may have it may have come later but uh, it was a big deal I mean the Oakmont uh, the open being at Oakmont was a big big deal and I do remember that uh, OJ th- that story was, I mean, that's what everybody was talking about. They weren't talking about the U.S. Open. I don't even remember who won that Open uh, that year. Um, I could look it up. But um, that was a big, big deal. And it was, um, I, they interrupted, they, eventually, they interrupted a, an NBA basketball game to talk about uh, that. And that was the beginning of, I don't know, how many years was it? A um, couple years of O.J. Simpson in the news every day. And cable TV had not quite, I don't think Fox was on the air yet. So it was basically all CNN uh, that was covering it on a you know, minute-by-minute basis, the way things are covered now. And it was um, O.J. Simpson. That was it. That was everywhere. And if you're old enough to remember, O.J. Simpson was, um, he was hugely popular. He was on, I don't know if he was on um, Monday Night Football at that time. He had gone through a period where he was on Monday Night Football with Howard Cosell and uh, Frank Gifford. He was in commercials. He was in movies. And I'll tell you a quick story, which is very strange to me. My only interaction with O.J. Simpson, I just thought of this now. I was walking through the Steelers' offices, and um, this was at Three Rivers Stadium, the Steelers were going to be the Monday night game, I'm guessing that's why he was there unless he, he could have been there covering an NBC he, he was working for NBC or something. but um, I was walking th- uh, through these offices there and Art Rooney's um, old office was, had, had been turned into like a library and you could it was glass front and lots of books and stuff in there and uh, trophies and everything. And I walked by and there was O.J Simpson. He was kneeling by a shelf. He was looking at something. And I walked by and I looked at him and he looked at me and he said, Hi, John. I had never introduced myself to him, never met him. So it could be that O.J. Simpson was just sharp enough that, um, you know, he made a point to know who the local media guys were in the towns that he went to because he, he somehow benefited from it. And he did. He was a, he was a beloved. Figure not just a guy who was popular people loved oj simpson and 25 years ago today he was being chased through the uh, freeways of los angeles in a white bronco and i guess he was talking about killing himself and that was the deal and um they eventually talked him into pulling over and he, he went to jail he was in prison I don't, think he, I don't think he got out on bail. He was in prison until the trial and through the trial. And then, of course, he's ridiculously enough found not guilty. As everybody knows he was guilty, but uh, the law says not guilty. So, 25 years later, and, uh, you know, who knew in 1994 that there would be something called Twitter? First of all, who knew that he would not be in prison for life for the murder of his uh, wife and another man? Uh, forget Twitter, but just who thought that this guy would ever be walking the streets again after all the all the evidence? It was so obvious that he did it, and he did by the way was found uh, guilt not know word guilty is, but it was a it was a civil case, and he was found liable uh, for uh, um, the death of Ron Goldman and um his wife I guess I think it was just for Ron Goldman because they sued him but anyway. So 25 years ago, this is all happening. Who knew that in 2019, O.J. Simpson would reappear on something called Twitter and say this?
3: Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake O.J. accounts out there, so this one... At the real OJ32 is the only official one. So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care.
2: Now there's a guy, you know, who probably, I don't know, when he's talking to a Twitter world audience, and I don't know how many people are going to find them. I'm sure that video's gone viral. I'm not sure that that's a guy who should be saying out loud that he's got some getting even to do, because that may have been what he was doing when he went to visit his wife and when Ron Goldman kind of interrupted the the whole thing. So saying that he's got some getting even to do is probably not the smartest thing for him to say. Um, But there he is, O.J. Simpson. He's on Twitter. Now, so then I come across this story. uh, It was in the Washington Post, and somebody... um, uh, wrote a piece in The Washington Post that says that uh, OJ the OJ case showed fans love of black players is conditional now they had to add black players in there as if 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 it would have been a white player who killed his wife and was it was obvious to everybody except the idiots who were on the jury that he'd killed his wife that it would the people would have forgiven him, I guess. I don't know what else he, what else could he be getting at. But um, this is what it says. Ken, this is uh, Philip Lamar Cunningham. He's an assistant media studies professor at Quinnipiac University, and uh, it's just, he says Simpson's aversion to politics and ingratiation with white media as a college and NFL star. Uh, says um, that that was a that was a big thing for OJ, and he says uh, he makes much of a ridiculous People Magazine article that had come out that called Simpson the first black athlete to become a bona fide lovable media superstar. I don't know if that that may be true. Uh, it may not be true. I'd have to think about that. Um, if he was the first uh, black star, uh, they were saying that about. Um, I think they were saying that about Michael Jordan at one point, and, uh, and that wasn't true because O.J. was 10 years before that. But um, there's a quote from O.J. in the piece that uh, this guy refers to where when he was asked about not necessarily being a visible um, participant in black power activities, he said, I'm not black. I'm O.J. That's what O.J. said. Not a good thing to ingratiate himself to uh, black people. But uh, the writer says he had distanced himself from black athletic activism. Unforgivably, he may have even said as a young man, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Uh, that's, uh, and then he says uh, Michael Jordan and other popular athletes of his era uh, recognized that the path to greater earnings and fame involved being apolitical. What a, what a crazy idea. Just play football, be a nice guy, no matter what color you are, just play football, be a nice guy, smile when the media uh, talk to you, be, be uh, accessible to the media, and don't be a creep. And, uh, and guess what will happen? If you're a really good athlete, especially if you're a superstar athlete, you'll make a lot of money, but you'll make even more money on things not related to you actually playing football or basketball or whatever your sport is. You'll make a lot of money in commercials, which O.J. did. You ever seen the commercial of O.J. running through the airport jumping over suitcases? Aaron, have you seen that? Yeah. She's 29 years old. That was before she was born. He was doing that. And um, so what what a crazy idea OJ had. So this is what the guy writes. The car chase coming in the middle of the fifth game of the NBA finals cast a brief pall on what had been a watershed moment for black athletes to suggest that Simpson overshadowed a decade's worth of goodwill toward black athletes would be an overstatement. But Simpson, arguably a major source of this goodwill, certainly made clear the condition white Americans put on their goodwill, even as the nation's greatest black athletes continued to thrill and amaze. Now, I'm, I can't believe that anybody, especially a guy who's a, a professor at a university, he's not actually suggesting. He says, Simpson, arguably a major source of this goodwill, certainly made clear the conditions while the white americans put on their goodwill um i don't know if do you as, as a condition of your goodwill uh, if you're white or black or asian or native american or from another planet do you uh, is a condition of your goodwill that the person that you want to show goodwill toward not murder two people cuz that that's what oj did he killed two people and this guy's wondering why you know that just shows that you know he gained two thousand yards in one season. He goes out and kills a couple of people, and all of a sudden he's not a good guy anymore. This is what this is this is what you got to put up with. So that that was in the Washington Post, and then there is another story here, um, kind of along the same lines. Um, it's it's from the uh, where is this from? This is this is from uh, the undefeated. That's a, a website, sports site. Headline: Kevin Durant and the dehumanization of black athletes. This is written by Martenzie Johnson, and just some of the uh, uh, items from here. Television camp. This is talking about uh, Durant got hurt during the NBA game, and they blew out a. Not just got hurt. He blew out an Achilles tendon. Was really in bad shape. He's probably going to miss the entire next season next nba season but um it says television cameras caught at least two raptors fans near courtside waving goodbye to this guy to the two-time finals mvp um this is something new and dehumanizing has has this guy ever been to a sporting event you know especially one where it's late in the game and people are drinking and they think that that it's only the black player that would, would be subject to that kind of stupidity from fans? Has he paid attention to fans lately? And uh, most of the fans that are act like idiots, I'll give you 100%. Most of them, uh, I'll agree with it 100%. I won't say 100% of them are white, but the gr- vast majority of the fans at the games are white, number one. But um, number two, the vast majority of the fans who act like idiots, I'll give you that all day long, that they're white. But they're just as, they'll act like an idiot, No matter what color you are, if you're on the wrong team, they'll beat you up in the stands if you're a fan wearing the wrong uh, jersey, and it doesn't matter what color you or they are, they'll beat you up because they're idiots. So anybody that thinks that uh, fans would be any less moronic uh, about Durant if he had been white, they just haven't been paying attention. And one of his teammates said, they only care about the game and don't respect or acknowledge players as actual human beings. That's the quote. Only care about the game. You think? You think that's what fans only care about? This is this is something new. Uh, but he says this writer says. But what happened in Game Five was just the end result of an overall cultural culture of dehumanization as it pertains to black athletes. Um, the dehumanization of black athletes begins with only seeing players as jerseys and numbers with no physical blood and flesh beneath them. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, I covered sports for a long time and was in a lot of press boxes and, and uh, with mostly white media. And I don't, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not buying that, that, that the, the media, the white media, maybe the, there are fans out there, just as there are human beings out there who are idiots, uh, who are racist. But to say that there's just a general feeling in sports, he writes here, that blacks are seen as brainless, natural athletes, supposedly born more equipped to succeed at sports than the more intellectually inclined white athletes. To audiences, black players are nothing more than the real-life version of the characters on video games. Where does this guy get this stuff? I, I mean, look, if, if you want to say that fans are idiots and and, and their attitudes toward their own teams and, the, and their fact that they over... Uh, indulge in their rooting, and they don't, and they act like idiots at games, and they they need to grow up. I'll give them that all day long, too. But I'm just not buying that—that that, uh, people here in Pittsburgh uh, looked at Roberto Clemente or Willie Stargell or Joe Green or Lynn Swan as nothing more than a real-life version of the characters on a video game, even though video games didn't exist back then. NBA players the thinking goes don't have as much heart or desire as college basketball players. Now we don't have an NBA team in town so I, I, I can't really talk about I didn't never I never covered an NBA team. I don't I don't know where he would come up with the idea that I just don't get it that NBA players have don't have as much heart or desire as college basketball players. I've never ever heard that. Now the NBA season is really too long is 81 games. And there are games when uh, players might be going through the motions. That has nothing to do with their color because I guarantee you when there were no black players in the NBA and they were playing 50 games a year or whatever they played 50, 60 years ago, there were lots of nights when the players were going through the motions because they played too many games. And it's happening now. And it doesn't matter what color you are. If you're playing an 81-game season plus another who knows how many games in the playoffs – there are going to be nights during the regular season and you're playing at a Tuesday night game against a bad team that you might not be killing yourself out there. But I don't know of anybody who thinks that white players are any less prone to do that than black players. Uh, so there you are. So that's where we are with OJ Simpsons on Twitter. And now we're talking about how, uh, I guess, white fans didn't... Uh, they, they ban- I don't know, this guy in Washington Post, is he writing that the white fans, they abandoned... OJ too quickly just over a you know a couple of murders like what was wrong with him so that's uh that's that's the OJ Simpson story right now and you should just be happy to know that you can follow OJ on Twitter uh, from now on and I can guarantee you that I will not be doing that I will block OJ Simpson so if anybody retweets anything I ain't gonna see it but I believe me he's gonna have I wouldn't be surprised if he has millions of of followers pretty soon. We'll be back. Have you heard the crack of the bat? The cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand-new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties Entity. We're surrounded by noise,
6: bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, There's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
1: Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10 day stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join Mike Gallagher and Dennis Prigger on the Stand with Israel tour by going to the answerpgh.com Israel. That's the answerpgh.com slash Israel.
3: You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you.
4: The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Traczynski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress factory store or visit us at originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The
0: John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Yeah, Twitter is a wonderful thing. Um, I told you in the last segment that O.J. Simpson is now on Twitter. I don't know how we've gotten along without that for the last, uh, how, I don't know how many years, but he's on there. Uh, do you remember the name Rachel Dolezal? Uh She's the woman, a white woman who uh, posed as a black person and (laughs) she didn't just say she's black which she's not but she became president of the NAACP uh, chapter in in Spokane Washington so she got she got uh, nabbed on that one she I don't know where she just I think she still claims she's black even though she's not something stupid but anyway they they found her out and she's no longer the NAACP chairman so you haven't heard much about her since she got um, exposed as a fraud. But on Twitter on Saturday, uh, this is what uh, Rachel came out with. And if you could, I'm, I'm sure you saw this because I'm sure you follow her on Twitter, but just in case you didn't. My first kiss was with a girl when I was 18. I am bisexual. Just be, just because I've been married briefly to a man or have had children by male partners does not mean I, mean I am not bi. Ugh. I think the only thing she's got left, uh, first of all, I don't care. Why is she telling us this? I don't care. The only thing she's got left is to claim that she's from another planet. And you know what's really scary about that? She might be. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: The John Wall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.